Today we're going to continue with our sermon from two weeks ago, and I told you I ended on point one. We're going to pick up with point two and three today in our series. As you know, we are going through a series on the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter five. We're in chapter five, but it goes five through seven, but we're dealing and taking our time going through the Beatitudes. Last time we read Matthew 5, 11, and 12, which I will read in a portion of Daniel chapter 6. I will read a portion again today, and I will just briefly mention point one and jump right into point number two. Today, Lord, we are grateful for you allowing us to be here for this, just the tremendous devotion, the worship that started this morning has continued and as we now prepare to hear the word of God pray that our hearts that have been prepared that it now will receive the word that the word of God will fall on fertile ground that it will produce 30 60 100 times that which has been planted we pray that we'll take the word and that we'll share the word not Lord so much dwelling on what we don't know and remember, but telling and sharing what God we clearly know. That God is a God of love. That God is a God of forgiveness. And God is a God of judgment. And that we must repent from our sins in order to avoid the judgment of God. That we may be able to, to dwell in the glorious kingdom that you have provided we thank you for the word. We thank you for those that are here. Those that are not feeling well in their bodies today, that are not, that's not here, we pray that you remember them. We thank you and give you the glory for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Picking up Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. It says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kind of kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you turn in your bibles to daniel chapter 6 up on the board, we'll read just a little bit differently than what I'm reading. I'm going to pick up at verse number four and just read a few passages here. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. If you can look up, look up on the board, it's up here as well. I'm reading a slightly different translation. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, Oh, King Darius, live forever. 
the royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Nano king issued the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the, law, the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now let me read this portion. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened, to, opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Blessed are the persecuted. As you remember last time we mentioned under point number one, under a new administration, but persecution still alive and strong. We gave some background and some history regarding how Daniel and his three friends had come to be in the land of Babylon. How they had been taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, after having um, become this great and powerful king, got a little beside himself where the Lord had to humble him. And the Lord gave him the mind of an animal, and for seven years, King Nebuchadnezzar lived out in the wild, eating grass, his hair on his body grew like feathers, his fingernails were like the claws of birds, this man was insane, and until he gave glory to the Lord, he did not gain his understanding. But when he said, God of heaven, and gave God the glory. The Bible says that his sanity was restored. And the Lord gave him back his kingdom. And even in greater honor and glory than he had before. After he has passed off the scene. His grandson Belshazzar and his father Nebuchadnezzar are co-ruling. And we discussed briefly that Belshazzar had brought in the goblets that had been taken from Jerusalem and had the nerve to bring it into his drunken party and to drink from the goblets. He and his advisors, his wives and concubines, dishonored the vessels of God. And the Lord said that he sent just the fingers of a man's hand and began to write above the exit sign right there. The Bible says that the knees of Belshazzar gave way and began to knock. And he said, who can interpret this writing? So they couldn't find anyone, but the queen said, oh, king, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. There's a man in your kingdom. That's not just what she said. That's modern vernacular. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, don't trip. Uh, <laughs> There's a man in your kingdom by the name of Daniel. And because they didn't know the king of glory, said the spirit of the gods is in him and he can tell you your dream. 
I'll tell you what the handwriting says. And so they brought in Daniel. And he told him the meaning and interpreted the meaning of the writing that was on the wall. And that night, when the judgment had been pronounced, that night, Medes and Persians came in to Babylon without even a fight. Took over the kingdom and Belshazzar ceased to exist. Now, as you know, we dealt with one point last time, but we had three points under the one point. Our main point, as I mentioned before, under a new administration, but persecution still alive and strong. That was our first point. And then under that, I said the elevation prior to the persecution. Daniel was elevated to a high position. We saw that in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. The king given him, among the others, a high position. You see, when you get high, you've got to be looking out because there are people who want to tear you down. You see, even if you're elevated on your job, you're going to have some people that's going to be hating on you. They're not going to like it. If you started at the same level and you're elevated, they're going to have somebody, someone trying to pull you down. So you've got to realize that even though when you're elevated, and if God is elevating, God is doing a work. And remember, the work is not for you to just do your own thing. You see, there's some people who think, I'm up here now, nobody can touch me, nobody can talk to me, I'm all that. No. You wouldn't be anything if, if it was not for God. So even though you're maybe elevated, and when Daniel was elevated, he did not forget that his help came from the Almighty God. So the elevation. Now under that point number two, we go to our second point under point number one. And that is the evil planned for the persecution. The evil planned for the persecution. There were those who did not like that Daniel did a good job. They didn't like it. The governors and the, the prefects and the satraps, and the satrap, they were governors over provinces. Prefects, as you go back and look um, earlier when King Nebuchadnezzar was in charge, the prefects, they give those names, they were governors over conquered Areas. And so these different administrators had different roles. And Daniel, even though he had come from Judah to Babylon, because of how he distinguished himself and because of how he had interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he was an honored man. And so even with the new administration, he is continuing to be honored. Yet, yet, there's evil that's planned against him because of the job that he was doing. You see, the world tells you in order to make it to the top, you've got to do everything possible to tear people down. You see, the world system is the opposite of how God says it has to be done. The world says you claw, you cheat, you steal, you lie. You do everything you can to make it to the top. The Bible says the way up is down. 
Bible says you need to humble yourself before me so that I can raise you up. You, you see, it, it seems to be, it's like antithetical or means the opposite of what the world says. God says in order to be blessed, you know, it's better to become poor. Not monetarily necessarily speaking about, but poor in spirit. And, 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 and God says in all the things that he's, he's doing, it's going against the grain. In order to be a person of integrity, you got to go against the grain. That's who Daniel was. Daniel went against what was customary. You see, as Daniel is, has been elevated and as now there is evil that's planned against him, they are vying for Daniel's position. You've got to realize that some of those people were on the take. They didn't like Daniel because... Some of them were probably stealing from the king. And the reason that they were given these positions, the Bible says, was so that the king would not suffer loss. You see, if I was to give some of y'all a million dollars today, I probably wouldn't see y'all again. Gone. And if I said, I want you to hold this until I get back, I know some of y'all skimmed about $100,000, $200,000 off the top. And say, so he ain't going to miss it. Some of y'all do that. I, I know it. I know it. I know it. Hoping I, not, I wouldn't find out. But you see, a person of integrity would say, here's what you entrusted into my care. Here you go. It's all there. You don't even have to count it. That's the kind of man that Daniel was. The Bible says that he was put in that position so that the king wouldn't suffer loss. Why would the other administrators be upset? Because they weren't ruling with integrity. You see, when evil comes in, you've got to realize there's something that's underneath that's driving it. Pride, greed, hatred, anger. But Daniel was a man that says, I won't take part. And you see, their anger increased when the Bible says that the king says, I've got, you know, I think I'm going to put Daniel over everything. I'm going to put him over the entire province. Just going to put him over all my stuff. Now, let, let me throw this out. Do you not know that God gives you the privilege of taking care of his stuff? You know that the earth, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You, you know that everything that's in this world belongs to him. You realize that, right? And the Bible says that he has entrusted into your care his stuff. And here you are thinking that it belongs to you. You thought that God's stuff and his things belonged to you and that you didn't have to give account. Oh, I mean, you are, you are the stewards of his belongings, but it don't belong to you. I think we tend to forget that we are not owners. We are tenants. You are a tenant. Some of you live in apartments. And you pay rent to somebody every month. And if they, they tell you, if you don't pay rent, we're going to put you out. And, 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 and then if you don't pay rent, you, you say, I'm, but I ain't leaving. I, I, I'm not leaving. They say, you haven't paid your rent. I'm, so I'm, take, take me to court. 30-day notice going by. I, I still ain't leaving. 
But you ain't paid your rent. And get this. Just because you ain't paid the rent don't mean that it stopped accumulating. First month, 30 days. Next month, would you pay your rent? Then the landlord says, since you ain't going to leave, I'm going to have to go get an unlawful detainer. Going to have to go to court and put you out. Now, you don't want to have an eviction on your record. You know why? Because when you got to move to a different place, the landlord ain't going to rent to you because he said, you are not a good tenant. You don't pay your bills. Get, get me now. You don't own the place. 90 days. If you don't pay your rent and you're not going to win, the judge will say, you got so many days to move. And then the police will come and take you out of your place, the place where you're staying, and lock the door, depending on where you're living. Now, when we consider that you can be evicted for not paying rent for a place you were staying in, and if you take that analogy and move it right on over to us here, and in in Daniel, you look at, wait a minute, Daniel didn't own anything in the land of Babylon. Daniel, in fact, was a slave in the land. And yet Daniel recognized that he had a responsibility to treat with care the property of that which he had been entrusted with. He didn't say, hmm, I got all this privilege in the land. I ain't, this is all my stuff. No. And the Bible said that the king was about to put him over everything. And that's when everybody got upset, or the administrators. Because he was about to be elevated, and then more than likely he was going to become their bosses. They would have had to report to him. Because I think that some of the administrators were receiving some a little off the top. And they tried to bribe Daniel. And the Bible says they couldn't find anything in his affairs of how he did business. Couldn't find anything. They looked. And when they looked, they searched intently. Let's find something that we can get against this man and go to the king so that he can lose his job so that we can get it. It is only in the church, it appears, where everybody's job seems to be safe except the pastor. Everybody wants the pastor's job. I don't know the pastor. I don't know why he didn't do that. He should have did it this way. I, I would have done it this way. Who he think he is? Who do he think she is? The pastor. I, if it was me, I would have done it. Well, well, how is it that the pastor's job is oftentimes complained about or people talk about? I tell you, I, I mentioned not long ago that people can take can go home and eat chicken and and they can roast the pastor and have a good meal. <laughs> The pastor is on the menu on many on many Sunday on many Sunday afternoons. <laughs> Part of the menu. Ushers off limits. Deacons off. Pastor. <laughs> Everybody wants to. But but you know what's interesting? When it comes to trying to get work done in the church, you can't find many people. 
How do we take the position that we've been given and honor and serve in that position that God has called us to be? Even though Daniel had been blessed by God, Daniel recognized that he had a position and he had to work within his calling. And it made no difference of how many people, how many people may have wanted his position. He was put there by God because of what he did. There was evil that was planned for Daniel because of how he conducted himself. Are you a person of integrity? Are you a person that does your job so well that people say, mm, look at what they're doing. I want to be just like that person. Or does a person's success as Daniel had get you upset? Who they think they are? That's how these men were. But the godly says, oh, bless the Lord. What can I do to push you on to do even better? That's what the body of Christ does. It, it helps people to serve better wherever your serving is. It, it, it propels you. What can I do to help you to do your job successfully? Any job in the church, anywhere, it should be for the church of God, the people of God, to help push people so that they can be the best that God has created them to be in that position, but not these administrators. So they went after, after Daniel's job. Therefore, they were dealing with Daniel's character. His character was flawless. Do you not know in the Bible, you don't see any names or any weaknesses or any problems noted about Daniel? You find it about David and all Peter. All the disciples had flaws, and even though Daniel may have, but you don't see anything written where you can identify, here's a problem that Daniel had. You don't see it in the Bible. But these men went after a man here whose character was superb. And so there's evil that has now been planned for him. They scrutinized his work. Not for the purpose of being a blessing, but for the person of trying to get him fired. Evil is persistent. It looks for ways to destroy you. Evil looks for ways to tear you down. These men spoke evil of Daniel, and you have to know that they were not nice to him. When Daniel would say, good morning. Can you imagine? You know when somebody's not treating you well, you just can feel it. You can, sometimes the people, person even got to say anything. You can just feel it. Something, something ain't right with that person. They say anything. No, they didn't say anything. I just feel it in my spirit. <laughs> something is just not right. I can tell. They're not treating. I can feel it. Well, they weren't treating Daniel right. The Bible says that they could find nothing in Daniel's affairs. And so, therefore, they went after his God. Point number three. Elohim selected as the target for persecution. Elohim selected as the target the name Elohim is a plural name that was oftentimes used in the Old Testament for God. When we think of Elohim being the target of God's, of, da of the persecution, they, they're saying we can't find nothing with Daniel. Let's find something down about his God. Do you know that people are trying to attack you and are attacking you because of the God that you serve? Don't you know that you are a target? The Bible says, blessed are the persecuted because of me. 
Daniel was the target because of now his relationship with God. They went after Daniel, but that's not the target. When they put the focus on God, Jesus says, now it's between you and me. They targeted God. The world targets God. Because you represent God, the world hates you. But you know what? They hate the Christ that's in you. And so you become the target because they're after the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, because the world looks at you and you show them their ugliness. You show the world their vileness. You show the world dark their darkness. Because why? Because you're a child of the light. Light exposes. You see, see when, when I, last night, my, my wife, it was, it was, she bought a, she likes to garden. And there's just not enough time in the day for her, so she bought a light that goes in her head. She can go out there at nighttime. <laughs> it's not enough daylight for her. So she has a headlight that she purchased, came about a week or so ago. And so I had to be out there. I thought, oh, can I use your light? Are you done? I said, yes. Put the light on, and I walked. Oh, this is wonderful. Could see all over the place. I just hope I was not going to see a rat or mouse out there. But wherever I turned my head, it lit up that area. Wow. And that was great. I'm out there at time before with a flashlight trying to do something and about to drop. It doesn't work, but the headlight put it right here on my forehead. And wherever I turned, it just lit. I could just walk in without tripping. It was wonderful. You see, not only did it light up the way, but it also let me know where I could walk and what I needed to avoid. You see, light is not just for the purpose of just providing light in here, but it gives you direction so that you could avoid the pitfalls in life. It lets you see where the dangers are. It lets you see, you know, be careful right over there. There's some glass right there. It lets you know that you need to navigate around this way. It lets other people know, even when you're shining your light, it can let somebody know that's down the street, over not far from you, looking around saying, oh, I can see over there. I can see because you were not. Your, your, your light is shining. They can even see. Daniel allowed the light of Christ to be seen in his life. And so they thought it was time to attack Elohim. And so Elohim, became their target. So the Bible says that Daniel's prayer life became fair game. And so what they did, they decided to go to the king. Oh, king, live forever. You know, the best way to get something is to basically try to butter somebody up. Flat, you know, what do we call it? Flattery. That's the nice name. <laughs> Kissing on up to him. Oh, you just so sweet. Oh, yeah. You what? What you want? <laughs> they flattered the king. Oh, King Darius, live forever. We would like for you to. You just so wonderful. We like to basically just ask you something that for the next thirty days that no one should ask or pray to any god except to you, oh most royal king. And king, oh, that sounds pretty good to me. Got his pride going. Now issue a decree that, as you know, with the laws of the Medes and Persians, it cannot be altered once it's signed. Nothing can be done done. 
And so they buttered up the king and had him issue a decree that for the next 30 days, nobody could pray to any god or any man except to the king. What an issue of pride. The devil, the enemy, the way that he gets so many people is through pride. Builds them up. Builds them up. So that they think they're more than they really are. And so they did this because they have Daniel's God in view and they went after his prayer life. Satan will attack you at your most, the most important thing that you have. The most important thing that you could do. Your most powerful weapon, he's going after it. Prayer. And by what I see, he's been pretty successful in the church today. Around the world, Satan has been very successful. The moment you try to pray, phones start ringing. Your mind 3,000 miles away. What you left on that to store? What, what, what did I, did I turn that burner off? Start thinking about what you're going to have for dinner early in that morning. Get on your knees. All of a sudden, you, even in fact, you go, oh Lord, I'm going to spend time with you tonight. Oh, before I go to bed, you go open the Bible to pray. Oh, <laughs> fall off to sleep like that. Prayer is a sedative. Oh, my goodness. Begin to try to pray and find your eyelids closing and then find yourself repeating yourself. Dear Lord, thank you. Oh, dear Lord, thank you. Dear Lord, thank you. Oh, dear Lord, thank you. De- dear Dear Lord, thank you. Dear Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you, dear. <laughs> Repeat yourself. Just get yourself in the bed and get a good night's sleep and get on up in the morning. Spend some time with the Lord. The devil's going to attack you. All kind of stuff coming up. And then you can say, oh, I'm going to catch up on my prayers. I'm going to catch up. I'm going to catch up. I've been a little behind. I'm going, how are you going to catch up? <laughs> catch up on my prayers. They went after his prayer life. I'll be out of here in a few minutes. And so they go after Daniel's prayer life by appealing to the pride of the king. And they know that Daniel, they know something about Daniel. They knew Daniel was not going to pay them any attention. That's something that's really important to note. They knew Daniel's habit. They knew his pattern. They had spies. He goes and prays at this time of day. We know that he prays. He opens up the window and that faces towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, he's going to be praying. So at the time, so they issue the decree knowing that Daniel would defy it. That said something, that said something about Daniel to me. They knew about him. They knew about his consistency. And so they issue the decree. And then they had spies at his house. At the time where he knew, they knew he would pray. And just like clockwork, Daniel got down on his, knee to, on his knees to pray. He would not quit. You see, the enemy is going to do whatever he can to get you off of your knees. He's going to do whatever he can to keep you from being effective in your service. 
Now, for those that have accepted the Lord, you're saved. You're saved. You're saved. You're saved. But you can have a saved life without any power. Because the power of God is not doing a work in your life. Because you won't let him. Won't spend time with him. Won't pray. Won't come to Bibles. Won't do the things that builds you up. Then we try to pray heaven down. And having taken the time to spend with the Almighty God. The time to begin praying is not when the line is on your backside. You should have some prayers already going up. I told y'all some time ago when I was younger and wasn't living like I was supposed to. Anytime something happened that was, that was scary, I'm repenting right then. Oh God, forgive me of my sins. Just in case I'm not quite ready. Forgive me, Lord. Don't go out and do some more dirt. Something else happened. Oh God, forgive me for it. Oh, I'm trying to get myself, make sure I'm, I'm in. About to get on this plane now, Lord. Keep this plane in the air. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please. I told you that time when my dad was free, but he was, hadn't, hadn't accepted the Lord. He kept telling God he's going to do better. He got on this plane. I think he was going to Japan or going somewhere. And he wasn't saved. And this man got on the plane just cussing. And a big storm hit. And my dad started praying, oh, God. Please get me down safe, and I'll serve you. And please, if you come for him, don't come for me. That man, you come for him later, but when we hit the ground, please don't come for him now. My dad got on the ground, went straight to the liquor store. <laughs> That's what we do. Make God promises, and then we go do the very opposite. Whoa, I really need a drink now. <laughs> That would have been the time to get off that off of that plane on the tarmac. Let me go. Lord, thank you. The plane landed and you allowed me to get it. I don't care if people around saying so. Thank you. I made it safely. Daniel got on his knees. And the Bible says they came and found him praying. And then they said, we got you. <laughs> we got Daniel now. He's good as dead. The Bible says that they then went back to the king. King, didn't you issue a decree? You see, that's what the enemy does. He will raise the question in which you may have just sealed your own faith. That's why y'all should not make pacts with the devil. He's going to turn it back on you. It ain't good to partner up with him. He's out for your life. You see, he, he's not out for fun and games. That's why, that's why I think people and time is so important. People think they got so much time. And the enemy uses time to trap people. I'm going to do it one day. Let me finish this up. They go to the king. And because the laws of the Medes and Persians were sealed, it could not be changed. That was part of their law. That when an issue was decreed or an, itch, an, an edict was, was issued, it couldn't be changed. And so Daniel's fate was sealed by the king. And when the king realized that he had been tricked, he grieved, didn't have any entertainment, he was sick. But Daniel, at the close of the day, had to be put in the lion's den. But let me say this. 
God knows that the governors were lying on Daniel. And that Daniel was going to have to go in to the lion's den because of their lying. You get me now, right? But let me say this. They did not know that their lions was going to give them to the lions. God, you know, y'all, some of y'all missed it, just went over some of y'all heads. Some of you, some of, I know some of you. <laughs> but when Daniel was put in the lion's den, and even though all the lies had been thrown his way and had been placed on him, God says, I got this. They, they came after me. They came after Elohim. <laughs> Daniel, I got you covered. And the Bible shut the lion's mouth. In closing, the lion's mouth was closed when Daniel was in the lion's den. But the lions, those that were lying, <laughs> their mouths were finally closed when the lions got them. You see, when the king realized what had happened, and God went down and shut the lion's mouth, and the next day the king went down and said, Daniel, was your God able to save you? Oh, king, live forever. The Lord shut their mouth. Get them out of there. Get them out of there. And the Bible says they brought them out. And then those that had tricked the king, lied to him, get them and everything that belongs to them, and throw them in. The Bible says before the bodies had, had even hit the floor, all the bones were crushed. Daniel was a man who honored God, and they went after Elohim. You cannot fight Elohim and win. You cannot fight the king of glory and win. So you might as well just go ahead and partner with him. Might as well go ahead and just walk on the same side that he's walking because he's the king of glory and all power is in his hands. <laughs> Remember this. The devil is not the opposite of God. God has no equal. God has no equal. You say right, wrong, no. God has no equal. There's no power that's like God. No power, no power that's equivalent. He stands in the class all by himself. He's God. He's Elohim. He's the king of glory. And he's able to deliver you out of everything anybody may try to bring against you. Stand to your feet. I don't know if we don't I don't know if we really realize we serve a great God. We serve a God that's able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's able to do abundantly above. There's no measure what God can do. That's the God that we serve. God has not lost control. Although the world is going crazy, God has not lost control. So whatever you may be going through, put it in God's hand. Lord, in this place today, as we prepare to leave, we pray that you will help us to realize that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that a standard has already been raised. When they attack, Lord, may they realize they are actually attacking you. We're walking in the will of God. Oh, may, we, may we not suffer because of things that we've done, 
but because of our, of our obedience to the King, of our, of our living for the Holy and Righteous One, that when the attack is because of, of the good things that we've done, of the character that we possess, we pray today that you will be lifted up and that you will be exalted. And help us to never forget that, God, you are the King of glory. You are the Righteous One, the Savior of this world. We honor you and give you praise. In the glorious and the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, amen. God bless you.